Brian Shea, a communications associate at the Institute for Global Tobacco Control at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our faculty and researchers will share their work at the upcoming Society for Research on Nicotine and Tobacco annual meeting in New Orleans. We talked to some of them to learn more about what they will showcase at the meeting. A symposium focused on smoke-free laws will bring together domestic and international experts. Assistant Professor Ryan Kennedy and Senior Biostatistician Kevin Welding share their vision for this important discussion. Uh, Kevin, tell me, how important is it to bring this panel together at SRNT to talk about smoke-free policies? Smoke-free, it's, it's in the FCTC, so we know it should be implemented and it should be complied with, and the policy should be universal, right? And we know that there are lots of sort of loopholes to get around smoke-free policies, and we're aiming for 100% smoke-free. But we really thought this was a good way to bring sort of a, a global flair to this conference that's often very U.S. Based. And the way we did this was we took someone from the University of Waterloo, the ITC project, uh, which is a policy evaluation project of a bunch of international countries, um, somebody from the WHO that has an even broader purview, if, if like it's kind of hard to imagine a broader purview than University of Waterloo's ITC project, but WHO has the entire world. And uh, we brought a couple of U.S.-based people together from the CDC, and particularly we, I think this was, I don't know whose idea this was, but it was sort of brilliant. We took someone from New Orleans, um, where the conference is going to be, so it's a, a Louisiana Public Health Institute woman who's going to talk about their successes in, in New Orleans, so I think it's good. Ryan, what issues are there with smoke-free laws across the country, how they, they might not all be working together? So when we talk about smoke-free, the goal is to have 100% comprehensive smoke-free policies. We don't want loopholes. Uh, what we've seen in different corners of the U.S. and different corners of the world is that sometimes there's an effort to adopt policies that are not comprehensive. There might be provisions for designated smoking areas or designated smoking rooms. I've even seen policies sometimes that say, you can smoke uh, after a certain time of night because the argument might be pr presented to policymakers that the purpose of these laws is to protect children and children shouldn't be in a restaurant after 10 p.m. We've seen a whole variety of um, attempts by the industry to water down or fight the adoption of 100% smoke-free. And we know how important smoke-free policies are for protecting the public. Tobacco smoke pollution is a group one carcinogen. There is no safe level of, of exposure. No one should be exposed to tobacco smoke, whether you're a patron visiting a hospitality uh, environment or whether you're a worker that happens to have a job in a restaurant or a bar or even an office place. This is the type of environmental exposure that is entirely preventable. But other benefits to smoke-free include things like really communicating uh, a shift in social norms. Uh, if a society, a community, a country decides that they're going to go smoke-free, it's very, very clearly stating that this kind of behavior is not okay. Yeah, I think it's really important to, to keep in mind that these loopholes in 100% comprehensive smoke-free laws aren't just happening in low- and middle-income countries, right? We, we do think this is correlated with uh, tobacco industry interference, which tends to be higher in low and middle income countries, but you know it's not just happening in India where you have designated smoking rooms or areas. 
I mean, you, if you walk through some U.S. airports still, you'll see designated smoking rooms in those places. So there's still a lot to do, even in the U.S. And I think when Kevin and I were first discussing the importance of smoke-free laws, we were really curious to see where, where we were at in the United States. Uh, and we talked to our colleagues at the CDC, who obviously do wonderful surveillance, and it was really shocking to learn how many people live in jurisdictions in the U.S. that don't have comprehensive coverage. And of course, if we take a step back and look at things globally, the vast majority of the world doesn't live in jurisdictions that have comprehensive smoke-free. Yeah, I think a lot of us tend to sort of be stuck in our own bubble, and, and we think, you know, a lot of, if we're U.S.-based, we might already be in or around big cities where there has been a lot of sort of social norm change. and. It is really weird to see somebody smoking in a restaurant, smoking in a bar. Like when you see it somewhere else, when you're outside of your bubble, you're like, oh, wow, this still happens. So I think this was our idea to paint a picture of like what's really happening globally outside of our little bubbles. And you talk about not like the inconsistencies and things like that, but also implementing these laws. It's great to have them, but they actually have to be, uh, be wor- in a working order. Yeah, and our colleague from the WHO that's going to be presenting, they've done obviously surveillance work in terms of where the policies are, but further really creative solution to how to measure implementation and try and make sure that the laws that are on the books are actually being rolled out and enforced. Implementation is key, right? Like you get these laws on the books and you need to have an implementation plan from day one, right? You can't just put a law on the books and just think it's going to implement and enforce itself. So that's super important. From from step one, you have to have some idea of how you're going to implement this and how you're going to enforce this. And obviously, in a lot of places around the world, especially low-resource countries, it is tough to administrate a lot of this. And we're going to have some examples from um, Christian Schultz from the WHO is going to talk about different efforts and strategies uh, in different jurisdictions where government um, capacity may be uh, quite low. What and how can... For example, civil society play a role in supporting enforcement, uh, supporting social norm change. You know, the strategies are going to be different around the world. I'm really looking forward to, in our panel, hearing from Ms. Moore, who's been a real champion for Smoke Free uh, in New Orleans, uh, in the state of Louisiana. And she's going to tell us about how they navigated all of those hurdles to enact better tobacco control, smoke free policies. And uh, and it's just, it's going to be so great because we're going to be in her home. And that kind of leads into our, my last question, which is how, how can these organizations work together? Is it just this getting together, sharing best practices, sharing uh, data and, and things of that nature to then go out and maybe ramp up efforts? We're yeah. hoping that the panel is going to bring people in that are really interested in identifying possible solutions. We've structured our symposium that there's a lot of time for discussion, and we're hoping for really deep engagement, not just with the members across the panel who have such deep uh, experiences and um, have seen all these different sort of solution-oriented um, approaches, uh, but also this is SRT. We're going to have some of the brightest people in tobacco control in the same room, and Kevin's going to be the discussant for the panel and really encourage people to participate and share. Uh, we're not going to pretend that everyone on the panel knows everything. Uh, we want to hear other stories and help to advance this issue because I think 
the take-home message from our panel is that we still have a long way to go. The vast majority of the world does not enjoy the protection that policies afford to protect them from exposure to tobacco smoke pollution. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Institute for Global Tobacco Control, please visit us online at jhsph.edu/igtc.